0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. A couple of quick things as we get started today. First of all, thank you so much for helping to make the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast a reality. We can only open up this conversation if you listen and share this with the people you know who might find it helpful. Absolutely. This virtual community that,
1: that we're building together only happens person by person through word of mouth, through sharing these conversations with friends, coworkers. Thank you so much for being a part of it.
0: We're also working on some non-digital ways for us to gather. As we move toward the fall, look out for some Sandbox meetups, gatherings where we might be able to talk together and live out some of the implications of our conversations. And if you'd like to help us make those happen, let us know. We can't be everywhere that our listeners are, but maybe you can help be that connection.
1: But for now, this is episode 24, Road Trip, What We Learned.
2: Welcome to the Sandbox
0: Just over a month ago, we had the opportunity to take a road trip and meet up with a number of different people to learn a bit about their story and what motivates them. Really, we didn't have much of a plan other than to see what we could learn. What are
1: you talking about? We had, we had an incredible plan, Chris. I mean, I, I made my first spreadsheet that That's I've true. ever made. That's true. That was a
0: very impressive spreadsheet, it was
1: color coded. And, and in case you think we're joking, actually we should upload that. We
0: should post that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was seven days, four thousand miles, fifty five hours of driving, thirteen interviews, places to stay, rental cars, a flight home. All on all, a spreadsheet. A whole on a spreadsheet, which is I finally realized that those things are actually valuable. I mean, we're a couple of guys, we, we can't even organize our way. We don't. We can't even put enough details to get ourselves out of a wet paper bag.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm honestly amazed that we pulled it off. Because truly, we should never be trusted with details like that. It was, our, w- our wives don't trust no, us with details. No. They were amazed we made it home, <laughs> let alone out the door. Uh, and we did somehow manage to get everywhere on time. It was impressive. Yeah. But uh, in all honesty, uh, if we did have a plan... Uh, it was to open ourselves to our own curiosity and wonder of the world and of the people that we met. And in doing so, I think we saw into parts of our world that we just wouldn't have seen otherwise, just amazed at the stories that we heard.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I love it that we've had a month uh, to begin to process some of this. And as we look back on this trip, we met a lot of people who are working hard to figure out what it means to be a Jesus person in this day and age. I mean, we felt like we were connecting the dots, people to people, ideas to ideas. That's really when we think about building the sandbox community, you know, that's what it's all about. And we hope that through this podcast, we can help to continue to connect those dots. And, and again, uh, we want you to be a part of this. You are not alone in this. If, if, if you're wondering what it is to be a Jesus person this day and age, you are not alone. It could be that the faith structure or background that you inherited, this uh, this package that you've been given, it's not working for you anymore. And you've continued to grow. You continue to ex- to change and to explore your faith. And it may be more alive than ever, but you do not know who's on the journey along with you. Maybe through Sandbox, you are able to plug into an expanding community of people who can challenge, provoke, and encourage you to think and grow in faith.
0: So, what exactly did we see, hear, and learn on this crazy road trip? As I've tried to make sense of it, I think the first thing we learned was the importance of beauty and wonder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, all I needed to do was look in the mirror to see some beauty and wonder. But uh, <laughs> but besides that, no, it's seriously though. I mean, man, that's actually what I love about road trips is that it, no matter what time of day that you're on the road, no matter uh, you know it. it the scenery changes and where the light is and, and what's going by is just, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's as
0: amazing. far as we went to, I mean, I just think about all the different things that we saw, we were driving kind of through the middle of nowhere in South Dakota for a little bit. And all of a sudden yeah. the black Hills start popping up and yeah. then go a little further and you get these just incredible mountains across into the desert a little bit and through the salt flats near Salt Lake city. And, um, just amazing amazing stuff
1: the diversity of terrain and and when we think about uh, just the beauty of creation I feel like everything from cornfields in southern Minnesota to to um, desert to the mountains in, in California and and the cityscapes and, and everything in between it was just it was it was not amazing
0: and I, I just specifically remember driving through southern Utah which is a place that I had never been before and I highly recommend this drive I just could not believe every corner we turned; it was something more amazing than the than the previous corner.
1: Yeah, and and there were a few times where you were like literally hanging out the window with your like your phone (laughs) in your hand, taking pictures. And all I knew is that I was a sharp left turn from from riding by myself (laughs) for a while. Oh,
0: yeah, and when we think about that, you know, there's a lot of people, and I think I think this is pretty normal for us that we just see the sense of something bigger uh, when we see these these things of nature. There's just Mm -hmm. a sense. Of, of realizing kind of our placement in the world when we see how grand and incredible the things around us are.
1: But it's kind of a metaphor by the same token. I mean, we're on these highways and we're flying through at um, way higher speeds than probably were prescribed. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're, we're going along and we're so fast through the scenery where on this trip, we had a very tight schedule. We didn't have a chance to stop. You know, and take it in, mm-hmm. uh, it, and I think um, if ever there was a regret from the trip, it, it was it that be because that. Uh, these highways are designed to get move people fast, mm-hmm. uh, but um, but there's the impulse that we need to
0: stop. Yeah, and you know the 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 high, the highways for all of the things. You know, I realized that when they were built, there's all sorts of good and bad things about them. But mm-hmm. for all of the reality of the highway, the ability to drive through the salt flats mm. at eighty miles an hour. It's yeah. pretty incredible. And I remember specifically, too, as we were driving and thinking a little bit about that, um, I realized that you know the highway system's only been around for, what, 60, yeah. 65 years? My house was built in 1922. I mean, my house right. is literally older than these highway systems. And so to think about the way that our our whole culture has changed around this incredible feat of engineering that allows us to get from one place to the next, yeah. it's really amazing to think, wow, like how... Quickly, that's changed. How incredibly different that is! And the highways that uh, now give us access to this beauty that's out
1: there—the uh, um, the beauty that we saw, you know, in the scenery and in nature—as we even as we flew through at seventy-five, you know, miles an hour. But as beautiful as all of that was, I saw some beauty in the people. Mm. No, I saw tons of beauty in the people. But I mean, we—you saw. Beauty in the landscape when you weren't expecting it, but beauty in in, in the diversity of the people that we talked mm-hmm.
0: with. And I think about these people who most of them we had never met before. Right. And yet they were willing to take an hour, an hour and a half, sit down with us and share their story. And, um, you know, we obviously familiarized ourselves with a little bit of their work. And so we kind of knew where they were coming from. But then to be able to sit down in a room with someone you've never met before and just invite them to open up a little bit of who they are and how they see things really is just... It's an incredible opportunity, and I wish there were more spaces for us to do that. And I hope that we can continue to do that a little bit more through this podcast. The, the generosity of the people to be able to
1: give us that time, but the generosity with which uh, they shared their stories and, and their passions with complete strangers into yeah. a microphone so that we could share it with our with our community uh, and that they could become a part uh, of our community. That, to me, um, was as, as beautiful as any scenery that we actually saw. Absolutely. Thinking about the other things that we learned, we heard loud and clear about this idea of how we live in an echo chamber. Our social media, our news sources, friends, neighbors, they tend only to be people who are like us. We isolate ourselves from other points of view and become homogenized and blind to other people, groups, and ideas. Therefore, the idea that we need each other is an important guide for keeping things in perspective.
0: But the hard work is in broadening our perspectives. In some of our road trip interviews, we talked about this idea pretty directly.
1: Well, Daniel Kirk is with us in the sandbox, and uh, so good to have you here. Thank you. It's great to play in your sandbox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Sandbox. I, I the... think
1: I'll, I'll tell you in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> right. See <It's laughs> all the things. <laughs> I got, got the Google on my computer, so it's um, I'm learning all kinds of new things. You know, right? And 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 to what degree does, you know. It, is this kind of renewed uh conversation have to do with this uh, digital uh, information age uh, mm. that we have
0: um yeah i mean this
1: is the i mean it's a it's a blessing and a curse right and that at least theoretically you have access to everything mm-hmm. but in reality we feel that thought that we have more access to everything helps us feel reinforced in what we already believe because But between Facebook and Google, these things are primed to to give us what we want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. They give us the search results or the the things in our feed that they think we actually care about. So we end up with this echo chamber. It's the, the world's largest echo
3: chamber, right? It right, should be the world's right. largest library, but it ends up being the world's largest echo chamber. Um, but on the other hand, it does provide that possibility and people can go and
1: if they really care, find the research and run down what actually is going on, you know, with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disputed, disputed matters uh, and and meet new people. Because if I, if there's some a Facebook friend from high school who I disagree with, I'll just unfriend him. Uh-huh. Like if he's, exactly. say, if he's spouting off all kinds of nonsense, gone. Right. <laughs> uh, if there's a bookmark, I'm not going to bookmark uh, a particular news source that I don't agree with because right. it's garbage.
0: Right. Reverend Harry Williams of East Oakland, California, had this to share about the idea of an echo chamber.
4: We were here in the Bay Area in San Francisco, which is the most liberal place on the face of the earth. So when I saw, when I see someone like um, uh, when I see someone like Michelle Alexander speak, uh, or there's uh, some other people who are really experts in that field,
5: yeah.
4: uh, the, it's, when you go to the the gathering, it's going to be 90% white people. If I go to a Black Lives Matter gathering, it's going to be 70% white folk, yeah. because these mm-hmm. are people who have really sought out the matter. And uh, sometimes our religion blinds us. Uh, so so uh, sometimes you have, to, you have to be open-minded enough to say, you know what, maybe, maybe for me just hearing this, maybe this is God speaking to me. Maybe I need to go out further and just pick up a book. Because what happens is we listen to voices within our own community. So if I if I'm um, we listen to people who think like we are, we do auntie, our uncle, school teacher, they all hold a certain point of view, and then you're talking about okay, somebody from outside of our circle has another point of view, we can't hear it because we're we're blinded. Um, yeah, just to, but to begin, just keep talking about it and have a book have a book study. Bring somebody like me to where you live. Mm-hmm. I travel. Okay, <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> Bring me. Our social media, news sources, Netflix suggestion lists, they're all based on the idea of giving us what we already like. And the more that we thought about this idea of an echo chamber, the more we wondered how we could create something better to get around it. So we came up with this question. What can you do to connect with someone who has a different experience than you?
1: And we'd like to invite you to think about that for a while. But don't leave it there. Don't just think about it. Really, ask the person to share a meal or a cup of coffee actually go to an event where the speaker uh, will share a topic that you're uncomfortable with. Hold less tightly. Hold with a, you know, hold it, but with a, with a loose grip, your own convictions, so that you can make space to hear
0: somebody else's experiences. And in doing that, we're inviting ourselves to imagine and create a better way of living. This might be one of the most important ideas we could ever believe to be true. I think it's important message for our faith communities as well we do actually have the ability to make our communities better. It's possible to spend too much time wishing for the things we need, but it's much more valuable to go and make it and invite others with us along the way.
1: This is what you are meant to do and the world needs it. The world needs you to be you and it needs you to believe that you are capable of creating the thing that only you can create. Many of the people we spoke with on this trip were seeking something new, a place for conversation, a type of art that was missing in the world, a better way to look at health. And many are are working with major social problems. As we heard from each of them, the way that any of these needs are being made better is that more of us recognize that we have the ability to put something better in its place. Welcome Haley Scandrett.
2: Thank you.
0: Into the sandbox. so
2: good (laughs) to have
0: you here. So you've uh, just recently started this kind of online magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about this?
2: Ignited Magazine is starting its fifth month. I mean, technically sixth month, but we took May off because everyone had finals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is what happens when you start a magazine for college students. Right. So back in October... I and one of my good friends started talking, um, kind of about our struggles to find faith community in college and in kind of sharing how we were both feeling about that personally, we discovered that we were both in the situation where we couldn't find spaces that were having conversations that we wanted to have. So he just started college last year. And so he hadn't looked into that stuff as much as I had, but, um, I just finished my fourth year of college, mm-hmm. and I have one left, so. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, <laughs> I am so ready. So I you know, looked into campus ministry and things like that, but like I said, I just couldn't find the conversations that I wanted to be a part of. And so we kind of went, okay, let's make a space for those conversations, yeah. um, because that's generally my instinct with things. <laughs> like, I don't see this happening, so I think I'm gonna do it.
1: We're sitting here with Chris Holly and, and Sam Romeo of CID Health. Uh, welcome. I'd love to hear about your practice and, uh, and, and your philosophy. Uh,
6: for our practice, what really brought us together as a practice, and that practice continues to grow, uh, is really our interest in the whole person. So we all went to medical school uh, in the United States, all great medical schools, and got top-notch training on how to take care of, of the human body, but so much of what we were finding in medicine is to actually get real solutions for people involves so much more than the body. Hmm. We have a mind uh, that also needs care, and the surprising thing that we found is that we also have a spirit that needs care. So putting all of those things together and developing a practice, both uh, that does that as well as products uh, that do that allow us to expand our outreach. has been a real fun part of our journey. We
7: created our first venture into the wellness world by creating that a, a camp called Camp California Fitness. And we literally saw the childhood obesity rates uh, growing through the roof. And we didn't have solutions for those. It wasn't, it wasn't adequate to have a quick office visit to make impactful or meaningful or sustainable change in, in people's lives. So we decided to come together with a group, and we started building this camp. We stayed away from spirituality with intent at that time, and and it was very interesting, and it was a costly lesson for us. But the reason why we did it is because we felt like if we were going to build a camp where parents were going to entrust their their children with us, and we started using language of spirituality, you kind of start... You can kind of creep people out a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? <laughs> is that a religious affiliation? Is it a cult? Is it like what they're not really l- calling themselves anything? What is that? So we intentionally stayed away from spirituality, and we mm-hmm. just we just did things, really focusing on mind and body. On empowerment, on self-esteem building, on exposure to to things of new ac- new activities, from theater to exercise, and we had amazing results. We really had amazing results. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the, we had we had we had campers that would come, and eight weeks later, when their parents would come to pick them up, their parents literally. Would walk right by them. They just wow. not recognize them. Didn't even wow. recognize their own wow. children that they hadn't seen in two months. And it wasn't because of just profound weight loss. It was because of, of their 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 spirit activation, mm-hmm. the the electricity in their eyes, their posture, their their mm-hmm. demeanor, their confidence. It was it was mm-hmm. so impactful for all of us that we
6: that we kept
7: doing this. Yeah, we learned a lot of lessons that,
6: man, if we can get to the spirit of a person, you can actually make a remarkable change.
0: We also heard from our friend Mark Scandrett who shared about a new project he's working to help create.
5: I've gotten
6: involved in a
5: um, really interesting project called Nine Beats. Um, There's a Bible society called Life Words that's based in London. And uh, they're kind of mandate is can we come up with well relevant ways to make scripture available in culture and um we start talking about a year and a half a year a year and a half ago and um and they were suggesting to me hey you know the beatitudes have the potential to be a sort of vocabulary for faith in the 21st century um and I was interested in the project because I, I remember a few years ago, after after writing my first book, Soul Graffiti, um, a Zen Buddhist priest contacted me. And so we began um, a really rich friendship. And um, I remember one of the first times we got together, we got some tea and w- walked around this neighborhood. And I'd say, well, can you give me like a kind of the gist of of um, of." The Zen way. Mm. And um, he said, well, there's the four noble truths, and he listed them off, and the eightfold path. Um, So it was sort of a way of seeing and a way of practice. And I got to thinking, um, I don't know that we have a well-articulated way of talking about the way of Jesus. Maybe the Mm. simple way of describing what what the way of Jesus is that's, that's memorable, that kind of sparked me to say, could, is, is, there, is there language we could have that helps us to remind ourselves and express to others what is the journey that we're on hmm. as followers of the way of hmm. Jesus? And so I started looking at the Beatitudes and thought that this really could be you know, yeah. um, a way of describing this, the, how, how to live life with God you know, a, a life where you acknowledge your poverty and learn to live in trust and, and interdependence. Uh, uh, a, a kind of life where we don't run from the pain and struggle, but we mourn and, and wait for, for comfort and for change. You know, a life where instead of being insecure about who we are and clamoring for, for role and position, we can We can acknowledge the dignity of all people and live with with humility and, and on mm-hmm. and on, you see. Mm-hmm. And um, I've developed a small group curriculum uh, called the Ninefold Path uh-huh. uh, that gr- communities and churches could use to walk through the beatitudes and then t- take a, take a step of practice with each of them. All of these great
1: voices and and conversations that we, we had. But there was a moment at the interview that we had with New York Times bestseller Rob Bell that really helped us to kind of uh, summarize a lot of what we heard on this trip. Check this
0: out. Like if there's one thing that you could, and maybe we've talked about it, but if there's one thing you could tell everybody, just one thing you could convince people of, what would it be?
3: You don't have to live like this. You don't have to live like this. I was in a rough spot a number of years ago, and a friend took me to lunch. He sits down across the table from me. He says, you don't have to live like this. I was like, I know. He's like, no, you don't have to live like this. Hmm. I was like, I know. He's like, no, you don't have to live like this. He just keeps repeating it. I was like, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then he just keeps repeating it. Hmm. And I like stop, and I get quiet. And he just goes, you don't have to live like this and I got like really still, and then just like tears just and he just kept going. I don't know how long he repeated it, Mm. but it just completely melted me. Mm. And that's the thing that for so many people, this is just how it is. Uh, But despair is the spiritual disease of believing that tomorrow will simply be a repeat of today, which always takes us back to liberation from whatever enslaves you. Um, But for so many people, this is just the way it is. And there is the divine inbreaking that suddenly pierces that despair with, no, tomorrow could be different. And that's actually all you need. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need fame. You don't need to accomplish any things. What you need in your heart is tomorrow could be different from today.
1: There's an ancient passage in the Bible about a guy named Jeremiah. He was actually just a kid at the time, and he was called to do some extraordinary things by God. And this is the way the passage goes. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to a pro- be a prophet to the nations. And I said, ah, Lord God, Truly I don't know how to speak, I am only a a child. But the Lord said to me, Don't say I am only a child, for you will go to whomever I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and, and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have Put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build up and to plant. We learned so many things on this trip. We saw beauty and wonder, not just on the highways and and, and on the roads that we were traveling, but actually in in the people that we met we learned about this idea of the echo chamber and we learned that we need to be able to break out of that echo chamber there are people everywhere there are people everywhere there are are, are people in in your in your hometown it doesn't matter whether you live in new york city and there's just millions of people or you live in, in a place where there's just a handful of people there there are other voices and other perspectives that'll open your mind up to something new. If, if you can just take, take a moment and stop and, and listen, we learned that if it doesn't exist, make it, make it, it doesn't exist, make it. And that's where this passage kind of comes into play for me. Don't say that I, I, I can't do it. Don't say I'm only a child. Don't say that I'm, I'm too old to do something new. Don't say that, that I I can't do it. you, you can do this. You, you have the ability to make the thing that's missing in the world because you have never existed before and you, you can do this. As Rob said at the end of his reflection, we, we don't have to live that way. You, you don't have to live that way. You, you don't have to live that way. You have been given the tools you need. The people are all around you and there is beauty and wonder everywhere. Now be open and explore it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. We had a great time learning from everyone that we met. And as we continue throughout this next year, we'll be sharing the full interviews from our road trip with you. There are some incredible stories to share, so stay tuned.
0: If there are any specific topics you'd like us to dig into, people you'd like us to talk with, or questions you have, let us know so we can explore this conversation together. And remember, if you want to stay in touch with us, sign up for our email updates via our website, connect with us through Facebook and Twitter, and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes.
1: Most importantly, share this podcast with someone who might like it. There's always a whole lot more room in the sandbox. Until next time, we'll see ya. Bye.
2: Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox.